Please welcome the liberator of the libido, Dr. Alex Schiller! 98% of the human population is unfuckable. Don't be a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution. Hello, my beautiful fuckable angels. I'm Dr. Alex, and I never sleep alone, unless I want to. I have had meaningful sexual encounters with 3,331 people, and I'm going to help you fulfill your sexual destiny. Today, I'm joined by our sexy producer, Tom, my fabulous chef, Dario, some very special friends in our spank bank of callers, and no topic is off the table. I hope you are all wearing something that makes you feel beautiful and sipping on something delicious. I'm wearing a vintage Versace jumpsuit. I'm sipping a glass of Paul Roger. The champagne's cold. The spank bank's full. And we are ready to take our first caller. Sophia from Modesto. Sophia, what are you wearing? What are you drinking? And what can we do for you? I am wearing black leggings with a beautiful red top that has lace in the back love it and high heels love it and i'm having a midday glass of red wine i love it red lace top high heels and a midday glass of red wine you sound like a sensualist what can we do for you well i i've just i've run into a very um heartbreaking situation and i was hoping maybe you could shed some light you know i met someone online and we had a lot in common. We spoke for over, at least a week. We FaceTime. He introduced me to his son on FaceTime. He, we're, both, we're both in music, so he, played, you know, he shared songs that he had on Spotify, and I shared my songs. And he drove like almost two hours to come see me. We spent eight hours together, at least eight hours, and we went out to eat. We walked around. I live in a, a, a wonderful neighborhood. And then we even talked about, you know, seriously considering having a relationship, my being his girlfriend and everything. And then about a day later, I actually went to get um, the COVID vaccine and he didn't show any concern as to whether I felt good or not and ended up ghosting me. So by he didn't show any concern, you mean he just never texted you or anything? Ever well, again? I said, no, I told him, I said, you know, I'm going to, the, you know, I'm going to get the vaccine. He goes, okay, you know, and I'm doing this and that, da, 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 da. And then I said, you know, you haven't even asked me how I'm feeling. And after that, he just ghosted me he, and, and, and it, it just didn't make sense. The last exchange was, you haven't even asked me how I'm feeling. And then he does not respond to that. And then did you send any other text after that? Yes, I did. And what did they say? I said, what's going on? And he did, and he never got back to me. Where did y'all meet exactly? On an app or on Facebook? We met online, online, online dating. Online dating. On which site? I'm trying to remember. One you have to um, pay for or I, one that's free? I don't pay for any of them, <laughs> to be honest. They're all free. And he lives two hours away from you? Yeah, approximately. Why do you think he's interested in a woman that lives two hours away? He said he was. What might be a reason for that? And what might be a reason that he shows a lot of interest, has a lot of fun, and then disappears? Well, he could have gotten scared. He could have gotten intimidated. He could have decided. Scared, that intimidated. That's, that's not real. It's usually one of two things. Either they already have someone in their life or 
they meet someone after they meet you that they're more into. Chef Dario, you got something you want to say? I'm saying that uh, they are connected on Facebook, though, so she would have she would have seen if he had a wife or not. Correct. So if you want to speculate, something that could likely have happened is uh, since he has a kid, maybe there has been a sudden uh, reconnection with uh, the, the mother of this kid. That could be something that kind of could be strong enough to put everything else kind of off the table all of a sudden. Did you all get intimate during this face-to-face encounter that you had? Not really. I mean, we kissed and we talked about him staying over. That's why I was like really surprised when he, you know, and then all of a sudden he's like, no, I got to go. Uh, I think it's one of two things. Either he's cheating on somebody with you and or he just wasn't that into it and didn't know how to say it. A lot of humans just don't know how to use their words. And this is the problem with on- online dating is that you talk to someone for a long ass time before you meet them in person before you figure out if there's any chemistry, before you build up all these expectations based on no actual face-to-face experience. Right. So stop doing that. And I think you just got to let this one go. MTFO, move the fuck on. Well, when you say face-to-face, we were FaceTiming all the time. That's not the same as face-to-face. You can't smell someone. You can't feel someone. You can't know (laughs) if you actually have chemistry or not. Uh, Our dear friend uh, in the NSA community, our friend in the Spank Bank, Will from WeHo, has something he'd like to say to you. I would just like to say, and this is a, a problem that I have had in the past, where I came on a little strong and moved a little fast. You said you were talking about being serious on your on your first date and having him stay over on the first date, and he drove all this way. Do you think you might have been moving too fast for him, and he freaked out? Maybe. I mean, he seemed to be on, on board, but, I mean, on on the phone, he was not shy. But in person, he was. You know, and that that's the thing. He was shy in person. The chemistry just might not have been there. You know, it might have been there for you, but it might not have been there for him. He could have had a million reasons for wanting to meet you, and he could have a million reasons for not wanting to see you again. But at the end of the day... He's just not that into it, and I think you need to move on. But I do think Will from WeHo had a point. It does sound like you did come on a little strong. And while I think it's very good to articulate your desires and what you want from someone, texting someone who you've met only one time, you're not even going to ask me how I am. That does just come off as a little bitter, and it can just trigger a response in someone of, oh, is this person going to be a lot? Is this person going to be too much? Saying, I wish you would have asked me how I was might be a better way to go about that in the future. Saying what it is you desire rather than giving kind of a snarky, bitter response. And may I ask, Sophia, how many other people did you talk to in the same month that you met this person? Um, a few. A few. And did you meet any of them in person? No. All right, Sophia, you got to start meeting more people because a shortage of experience is going to lead to a surplus of expectations. You've got all these expectations and these desires for someone you do not even know, and you think you want them, but you don't even know that. So I just think you need to meet more people. You sound like a really fascinating person. You sound like a strong person who knows what she wants, but I do think you need more experiences so you have less expectations. And I also think you're someone that kind of puts it all out there. I want you to think of applying the NSA principle of BDS to your life that stands for be direct, seem mysterious. So you can be direct about what you want, but don't put it all out on the table. Take some time to sit back and let that other person reveal themselves to you before you decide if this person really is someone you really want. I love that. Thank you. Stay bold, stay beautiful, stay fuckable. (laughs) 
Elliot from Baltimore. Elliot, we had you on before, yeah? Yeah, yeah, it's good to be back. Oh, hello, Elliot. What are you wearing, what are Welcome you drinking, back. and what can we do for you today? I'm just slipping out of some uh, some workout clothes right now and getting a little bit more comfortable. You drinking anything? You hydrating? What you doing? Finishing off some coconut water, actually. Great. <laughs> All right. Did you go on your trip yet? No, no. It's coming up in actually a month now. I'm a month out. Oh, my gosh. I'm very, very excited for you. Your first solo international trip as a single man. <laughs> Thank God you broke up with that cock-blocking college lover of yours. All right, so what can we do for you today, Elliot? This is kind of a weird question. Um, so I'm 5'6", which, you know, isn't terribly short, but it's definitely shorter than, you know, the average height of most males. And, like, it hasn't really gotten in the way, but sometimes it does. And I'm not insecure about it, but I know that people have their preferences sometimes. I, I do the dating apps. It's not, like, my preferred way of meeting people, but I, I do the dating apps. Should I just be outright about it and, you know, say, hey, look, I'm 5'6", or should I kind of let it kind of come into conversation, or should I just not mention it at all and pretend it's not even an issue for me. Who are you dating? Are you into women, men, both? Primarily women. I've had my excursions, but primarily women. All right. I would, you know, a lot of women are insecure about their height. Do you care if women are taller than you or not? No, not at all. I can climb some trees. <laughs> I love that. I can climb some trees. All right. I would, I would put it at the end of your profile, not at the beginning. I'd open your profile with artist, enophile, world traveler, blah, 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 blah. Let's have an adventure. By the way, I'm five. Five, six, but I can climb some trees, you know, just so they know they get that you don't care much, but that you're telling them so they know if they should wear heels or flats. For some women, it is an issue. For some, it isn't. But this way, it's off of your mind. Exactly. But definitely don't use the apps while you're in Europe. Really? Using the apps while traveling is a huge waste of time. It is kind of a time suck. You don't need Huge to. Huge waste of time. Whatever outcome you, is not going to be worth it. I would only use the apps if you need to kill time while you're holding plank. That is the only reason. Well, I was thinking, uh, just, just hear me out here. What if I set my location to wherever I was going next meet somebody and they could be my free tour guide. Well, not entirely free. I'll buy them dinner or something, but... You can, but I think oh, that's, that's going to take key. you out of the moment of the city you're in. I'd use it as a last resort or make sure you limit your time. You can do that as a little experiment, but say you're only going to look at the app while you're taking a poop. You know what I mean? Do not you waste go. your time in a foreign country yeah. swiping false options left when you could be fingering the real people that are in the bunk beds to your right. <laughs> With consent, of course. Like, even on the train. The trains are great places to meet people. Yeah, and to read actual books. There's a great book called NeverSleepAlone.com. It's also available in German now. Our dear listener, Will from WeHo in the Spank Bank, has something he wants to say to you, Elliot. I just want to let Elliot know that short guys are hot. Thank you. And that if he wants to make an excursion to West Hollywood, it's very desirable here. In male-male relationships, we don't discriminate in any way, shape, or form in that regard. So make more excursions onto our side of town, and we would be happy to show you a good time, uh, including myself. Look at this. All of a sudden, Will from WeHo's into the short ones. You sound hot to me, Elliot. So uh, you want to come climb this tree. Tell you what, I'll meet you in Barcelona. Oh, please do. Please do. All right, have a good time. I'd put it on the app just so it's off of your mind. And so you know all the people that are coming to the table, they don't care. Height's not going to be an issue for them. But do not waste too much time 
on the apps. If you insist on doing this, 15 minutes a day, max, max, max. And no matter what, you got to put that phone down and you got to go see the world. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Coffee shops. Have fun. Art museums. Bookstores. Have an interracial threesome at a French rodeo. Did you know there are rodeos in France? Really? Yeah, there are. Get off the apps. All right, Elliot, have fun. Stay bold, stay beautiful, stay fuckable, and I'll see you in Napoli in Piazza Bellini. All right, in today's NSA mailbag, we have a question from a listener for the whole panel. She wants us to all answer it. What celebrity do you most want to have sex with and why? Chef Dario, what celebrity do you most want to have sex with? So we are in the realm of fantasy, of course. So I would really like to have sex with uh, uh, Jane Fonda when she did Barbarella or with uh, Helen Mirren when she did uh, Caligula. That is a very good one. Uh, I think we I actually know don't why, have a celebrity crush. They're gorgeous. No, that and seems flawless. weird, but so, it seems so kind sexy. of inaccessible. But and now, you know, I have, a, I have a mild crush on Ariana Grande just because I don't know absolutely anything about her. I know nothing about Ariana Grande. She's a very talented young lady, and we'll see if we can, you know, arrange a tea for you and Ariana. Okay, Will from WeHo wants to answer. Go ahead, Will. Well, Nick Jonas would be my first choice, but really any of the Jonas brothers. Tommy? Who's yours? So exciting, Tom. Thanks for playing along. (laughs) Mine, Colin Farrell, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And the reason is I saw that porn that he made with his girlfriend. Remember that leaked Colin Farrell porn? And he's going down on her, and you can just tell he loves pussy. And he actually said, oh, my God, I could eat this for every meal. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I swear to fucking God. And since that day, I have been in love with the man. So Colin Farrell, if you're listening, I will be your all-day buffet. All right, so today on the NSA podcast, I am very happy to have a guest expert in the Spank Bank who has become sort of a my mutual podcast girl crush. Her name is Sophia Spolino. I came across her podcast, Enlightened. It's a personal growth podcast. It's it's absolutely amazing. I start my morning with it every morning, Sophia. You should know that. Okay, you have the mm-hmm. most soothing and sexy voice I have ever heard. And I love your content. She focuses on sexual, spiritual, relational liberation and exploration, all from your perspective, Sophia. And I just find your personal story so fascinating. Um, it's similar to many callers we've had come in. It's similar to mine. You grew up in purity culture. You were in a marriage that was not a good one, and you didn't lose your virginity until your wedding night to that person. Mm-hmm. And now you're an ethically non-monogamous bi girl in a 28-year-old age gap relationship with a man. There's a lot to talk about. I wanted you on here to advise some of the people that are going to be calling in today, but I heard you have a question for me. Well, first of all, thank you. Don't make me blush, Dr. Alex. You know how much I love older women. And hearing all those compliments from you just makes my heart (laughs) pop out. Um, Yeah, I do have a question for you because I've been listening to your show for a while and I feel like you've experimented with both men and women, right? Indeed, I have. Okay. Well, 
I have not. And it's been something I've been dreaming of since I was probably five. The first time I saw a Doors Day movie, that's when I realized I had a thing for older women. And I've had to keep this like hidden for a long time. And then I had this one time thing in college where I hooked up with the girl, but... <laughs> She must have been on her period or something because she literally threw me off of her whenever I tried to reciprocate. So I've never gone down on a woman and I've only been with the woman once. And I've fallen in love with someone online. She lives in LA. I live in little LA in Louisiana. We've been talking FaceTimes, like hot and heavy, best friends, soul sisters. But like the attraction, the moment I saw her, it was like seeing your own eyes for the first time. I'm scared. I'm scared she's going to see this as more of a hookup and she's not as in love as I am. And I'm also scared just for a first time with her. Like the first time could be meaning something really meaningful for me. But what if it's just a hookup? Oh, Sophia. Oh, my <laughs> darling Sophia. I see her Friday. So I, you have like three days to give me confidence. All right. <laughs> this is this is very exciting. I want to just temper these expectations. I know you're you're excited and you're feeling you're feeling love for another human who you've only met over the Internet. And that's yeah. fine. I'm not going to Internet love shame you because hell, I've been in there too. I think many of us have been, but I just want you to remember C equals FML, chemistry equals fate minus logic. You might get there <laughs> and all that love and lust and everything goes out the window because you hug each other and you smell each other. And maybe one of you thinks the other one smells like creamed corn and no one's into it anymore. And if that happens, that is okay. <sighs> the other thing. All right. So when you had this encounter in college, you say it was? Yes. And what was this? Just some, some, some hot and heavy dry humping and boob sucking. <laughs> so I remember it being my birthday and I literally remember inviting this guy that I was done with. Like I, I wasn't interested in him. I went on a couple dates, but I remember thinking he could be our designated driver and I could like get him to drop us off at home. So let me use this guy to like help us go get drunk. And then tonight's my night to land her. And at the time she was my best friend. You know, I love the way this goes because usually it's the other way. Girls pretending to be bi and making out to get free alcohol and to turn on the guys. But you were <laughs> using the guy to get to each other. I love it. So what exactly happened? Uh, I, rem I mean, this is 10 years ago, so it's a blur, but it was like the most beautiful blur. So I just remember like busting through the door like a movie and he being the guy being like, let me come in and see. And like we slammed it in his face. And like, it was like rolling around the bed, making out. And then eventually she went down on me. It was amazing. I tried to reciprocate. She threw me off of her. Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean she was on her period. It might be she's just a giver and she does not like to receive oral sex. Mm. So with this new person, you need to use your words and figure out what turns you on, what turn oh, yeah. turns her on. Okay. So you're, you're going into it. You're going into it kind of knowing what the other one's into. She's taking me on a FaceTime tour of... Her vagina? <laughs> no. Uh, Victoria's Secret to like pick out lingerie. And she wanted like this like bondage strappy looking stuff on. Do you want to wear that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about vaginas. Now, I have had several girl-on-girl -girl experiences, but typically the woman has always gone for me first. I think what Freud says about whatever your first erotic experience is... When you're younger, you'll always kind of crave that. And mine was, I had this wonderful dry humping friend named Lee. And we used to get together from, you know, age five till age 12. And it was always Lee's idea. Lee always wanted to be on top. It was absolutely fabulous. So I usually don't go for women unless they go for me. But when they do go for me, 
ooh, am I into it? But it's the same situation where they typically, because they went for me first, they push me down, they go down on me, they finger me, and then me being a generous partner, I want to reciprocate. And let me tell you something. I do not know how to finger a vagina properly. It is a crazy place in there. I don't know what to do up there. I really don't. So it's going to be, it's going to feel hotter temperature-wise than you think. It's going to be more cavernous and reactive than you think. And don't be thrown by that. And finding the G-spot is not easy. It made me have so much more sympathy for all the fellas fumbling around down there because I did not know what the hell I was doing the first few times I did this. But boy, do I know how to eat some pussy. <laughs> Communicate. Say, does this feel good for you? Do you like this? Am I doing it right? Tell me what to do. Make the instructions that you're asking for and that you want her to give you part of the dirty talk. Okay, so I like that. But it, in theory, I'm like, that sounds amazing. But in the moment, I think I'm going to be afraid to take away the sexy mood by asking. It doesn't take away. It can add to it. Okay. Do you like that? Do you like the way I'm touching your perfect pussy? Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Also, okay. you know, sometimes because you guys have talked about this beforehand, you might be able to just kind of go with the moment and feel it. And that's what ended up happening to me, you know. The more vaginas I fingered because... Damn it, they deserved it. The more I did get comfortable with it, but it's still very strange to me. It's just something like I know exactly what to do with a cock. But when it comes to a cis girl's vagina, it's still a mystery that I'm trying to unravel. And I tell you, revel in that mystery, Sophia. And, you know, you've talked about what turns around. I do think, is she like you? Is she someone who's auditory, who really likes it when partners talk? So she's nervous about sexy talk, but she's also very, she's the most sexual person I've ever had a relationship with so far because she does tell me what she likes. And she's very vocal about that. But she said she does get shy actually in bed, which is really interesting. So I asked her, have you been shamed by a partner for dirty talk in bed? She's like, you know, maybe that's something to talk about with my therapist because for some reason I'm I'm great communicating this now, but when I actually get in the sack, it's not something that's natural for me. Right. And you know, some people like to hear it, but they don't like to say it. I think this is going to be really fun for y'all. And you know, once you meet in person and you establish if there is any chemistry there out of bed, you take it into the bed, have fun, go slow. It sounds like you're both in a place where you want to explore and you want to take things slow and you want to have fun. Chef Dario, you seem very excited about this. What do you want to say? <laughs> hey, Sophia. Hi. Every woman is, is different. Uh, some women love to um, be fingers. Some women uh, love uh, don't, don't like it at all. They prefer to have the focus to be focused, to be concentrated on the, on the clitoris. And it's about not going for one thing, but kind of trying a bunch of different things and really listen to how the, the, the other person reacts to each thing. And, uh, you know, if in, in case the communication is not as as hot as uh, one wishes, that I think is a pretty reliable uh, way to uh, find out exactly how this particular person likes their genitals to be touched. You know, you, yeah. you, you can tell when somebody's lacking something. Don't just go for one thing. You do some investigation. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And you can play little games with each other where you're not allowed to touch each other's genitals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where you can, you can do all sorts of things. You guys are new friends, first of all, yeah. and possible yeah, lovers. So take that time getting to know each other. Each other. Don't rush anything, you know, build up that anticipation. And remember the TLC method, T is lubricate, communicate. Okay. Now there is one thing that she has told me that she likes that I'm just not sure what to do with. She likes strap-ons. I am a girly girl. I've 
I've never envisioned myself putting on a strap on, but I'm like, for you, I'd do any fucking thing. Cause I'm like, so into her, but that intimidates me. Have you ever experienced strap? on? I have, and it's fucking weird at first. So take your time with it, but I think you could have fun with it. Again, that is something you two need to take your time with. And also it might be a thing where is it that you kind of want a bottom in general that you kind of want her to be in charge or is it the actual appendage that we're both switches and we've established that I'm afraid her strap on is going to look like an actual like penis like you see those like little pink ones on the internet I'm like I can I can vibe with that I have a little pink one listen I think you ought to save strap-ons for the second date this is just your first date let's not rush to strap on sex all right okay let's get the scissor in and the sliding down pat first all right we got to take our next caller let's get to it you're doing just fine there are people out there that actually need help Sophia (laughs) (laughs) fabulous So quick NSA update, right after we recorded that call with Sophia Spolino, she went to LA, she met the lady, they had incredible mind-blowing orgasms together, and Sophia had an epiphany, basically, and Sophia says that it made her realize that she is now, and has always been, a lesbian. That she is not bisexual, she is just 100% a lesbian. So she came home, she broke up with her boyfriend of three years, she moved out, she had to come out to her family. It was a very intense and in some ways traumatic experience. And I urge anybody who is going through a sexual discovery process or a coming out process to follow Sophia Spolino on Instagram, reach out to her on her Instagram as her link tree. You can reach out to her to talk to her one-on-one, her story is very inspiring. I'm really, really proud of you, Sophia. We here at the NSA Podcast are all proud of you for living your truth and putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and inspiring us all to live our truth. So, brava, Sophia. And now it is time for my favorite segment, Doing It with Dario. Now listen to me and do exactly as I say. You always always need to have a bottle of wine at home. When you're out with somebody, you need to be able to provide the option to keep drinking and experiencing beautiful organolactic experiences after a certain hour of the night. So you always have a bottle of wine at home. But you might want to do something more. You might want to have the ingredients to make a cocktail at home. What a surprise. You're out, it's late at night, you're having a fantastic time, and you offer to make a homemade craft cocktail at your place. What a dare. Are they going to come see your hand? Are you really going to deliver on this cocktail? Yes, you are. This is what you do. So this is super simple. You don't need to shake it, you don't need to squeeze anything. You just need a mixing glass where you can stir something in, a shot glass, ice, a martini glass, dry vermouth, a good vodka, a lemon, and some olives. And we are doing a classic vodka martini. It's stylish, it's sexy, and it's super, super simple. The tricks to make it right is you keep the martini glasses in the freezer. So when you take them out, they're nice and cold. Then you rinse the glasses with a dry vermouth. You put one shot in this mixing glass with ice. You stir it and then you pour the vodka in the martini glass and you garnish it with a lemon twist or an olive. That is it. You don't need to do anything else, you have a perfect martini. 
Thank you for that, Chef Dario. That is sexy. That is timeless. And he is right. There is nothing as sexy as a classic martini. And it is super simple to make. But people are intimidated by it. So thanks for that one, Dario. And can you please make me one right now with a twist? All right, it is time for my personal favorite segment on the NSA podcast, Why Shouldn't I? Why Shouldn't I? In Why Shouldn't I, you tell us something really naughty you really want to do, and we as a panel tell you whether you should or shouldn't do it. Today on Why Shouldn't I, we have... Trisha from Tampa. Trisha, what are you wearing? What are you drinking? And what can we do for you? I am currently wearing my Victoria's Secret fluffy little robe. <laughs> I'm sipping on slightly melted ice cream. <laughs> Trisha, how old are you, sweetie? I'm 19. Trisha from Tampa, what can we do for you? So I think I'm finally making the decision to go back to college next year, which I'm super excited about. Congratulations. Whoa. To go back to college. You. you were in college already or... I started when I was in high school a little bit, but then I fell out. I had to work, and I just I was never able to complete anything. So um, I okay. want to start focusing back on my associate. Okay, well, I'm very proud of you for going back. Especially the pandemic was hard on all students, so I do not envy you graduating during a pandemic, my darling. So the Thank fact you. that you are making a decision to go back to college, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that, but. My uh, my problem seems to be no money at the moment. No matter how hard I work, it seems like I can barely pay off my bills, let alone get out of debt from last year. If I end up going back to school, I'm not even going to be working as much as I am now. So my question for you is why shouldn't I get a sugar daddy? Okay. All right. I have thoughts. My darling, my 19-year-old angel from Tampa. May I ask what your current job is? I am currently a bartender at a little dive bar. A bartender, not a stripper? Not a stripper. Not yet. All right. So why shouldn't Trisha from Tampa get a sugar daddy? Chef Dario? Yeah. Why shouldn't she get a sugar daddy? Um, there, is, there is no reason why she shouldn't have a sugar daddy. It's just. Do you know what a sugar daddy is, Chef Yes, Darling? I know, I know. I, I, I had a profile on seeking arrangements. Oh, really? Was, uh, to be a sugar daddy or no, a sugar baby? No, to be a sugar baby. Come on. Now, did you ever get a sugar daddy, sugar mama? What were no, you looking no, for? No, uh, no. I, 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 I stopped checking in uh, after a little bit. I don't think there was uh, that fork in the road uh, uh, then. It was just, you know. Just wanted to see what you let's, could get. Uh, let's see who writes you and we'll take it from there. And you really think it's a good <laughs> idea for this 19-year-old girl? No, I don't I, I don't think it's a good idea, but it is not necessarily bad in doing it. If it is for her the only way to go to college, is a good bargain, I think. Okay, it's never the only way to go to college. Right. You can take out student loans. You can do okay, a so, lot of so things. So if we are talking about get, having debts for half of your life or getting a sugar daddy, I think... It depends. It depends on your options, but I don't think it should be a, um, one of the first choices. Or I don't. I don't. I don't think it puts you in a in a in a good place as a as a young uh, person, man or woman, in an age in which overcoming challenges is kind of the point. It prevents you from facing a lot of challenges and and figuring out things for yourself and uh, developing that kind of drive and motivation and resilience against problems that will serve you well. 
forever when this sugar daddy or sugar mommy is not going to be there anymore or, or whatever. All right. Thank you, Chef Dario. Now, I have one of my best friends on the phone, dear Trisha. So I've got my friend from Chicago on the phone and has had sugar daddies in her time. Why shouldn't she get a sugar daddy? I think that it's always good to make your own money. The problem with sugar daddies is that they usually want to control you and it, it prevents you from meeting somebody that you have a real connection with. So that can become a problem. But I think if you find somebody that doesn't want to control you or you have a good relationship with, it can be a positive experience. But there are a lot of negatives that you have to be aware of. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. So do you already have a sugar daddy in mind? Well, my friend has a few, actually. And she was willing to introduce me to a couple of them that she loves. And I guess she's been doing it for two years now. Nope. I'm going to call hard no on the Tampa Friends sugar daddy <laughs> friends. That is... <laughs> right, mean, let me I ask you something. to Tinder or... Just stop. Hold on. Let <laughs> your friend, your friend, uh, besides having sugar daddies, what are her big passions in life? She in school? What does she do? Um, no, she actually dropped out of school and she became, I guess now she's pursuing nude modeling. And okay, no. <laughs> Listen, she's that no no problem with that, but we're not gonna pick her sugar daddy friends to be your potential sugar daddy. Red flags all over this. How do you feel about sex? Do you like sex? Do you have a lot of it? I don't really have a lot of it. I've had one serious boyfriend in my life. And, you know, we met at 16. We were together for up until the end of high school. And since then, I've only slept with two other people. One was a great experience. And the other one reminded me of a jackrabbit. So... Will from WeHo wants to weigh in on this. Will from WeHo, why shouldn't she get a sugar daddy? Well, here's the thing. I firmly believe in the redistribution of wealth. I think that there's too many white males out there that have too much money and they need to share the wealth. And I say, sweetie, go to fucking college, have someone pay for it. And then when you're done with college, you can find yourself a sugar baby and you can pay it forward. Yeah. That's just my opinion from West Hollywood, where sugar daddy is a way of life. Thank you for your opinion, <laughs> Will from WeHo. Sophia Spolino. Now, Sophia Spolino uh, has a fabulous podcast called Enlightened. Seeking is actually one of your sponsors, right, Sophia? No, it is. But it's not that they're paying me. I, I used it before I met my partner. And I enjoyed my experience. There's so many opportunities to say what you're really looking for there and use filters that help you attract what you want and deflect what you don't. So in my opinion, it saves you a lot of time and time is money. Okay, Sophia, should she get a sugar daddy? Sister friend, we live in a world of patriarchy and I think you should leverage it. Anyone who says that men and women are equal now hasn't fully assessed the situation. Just like our friend in WeHo here, the sugar daddy thing is a way of life. However, there's a caveat. I think you should be pursuing a real relationship that makes you feel safe. A sugar daddy situation isn't safe, but you should be seeking partnership with only the wealthy and only the accomplished. And I feel truly in this life, it's as easy to fall in love with a rich man as it is a poor man. And if you just exclude the poor men from the equation, then you open yourself up for opportunities. And when you're dating, you should be looking for opportunity and compatibility, not love or money, because compatibility will always over time outweigh love and grow into love. And money means nothing. If you have a sugar daddy, he can take it all from you in a moment. 
He can just drop you. But if you date someone who gives you opportunity and mentors you and provides for you for a moment while you're getting on your feet and you take everything and instead of going out and buying all these luxury bags like you see the girls on Instagram wearing, you're throwing that into crypto. You're throwing that into your stock portfolio and you're throwing it into your business and your education, then you're leveraging the system. So I say leverage the system strategically, but look for a real relationship. All right. Here is my take on it. You are 19 years old. It sounds to me like you don't know your body that well. Have you have you had mind-blowing orgasms? Um, Not that I can even think of at the moment. That means no, and that's perfectly normal for a 19-year-old. Now, when we talk about getting a sugar daddy, when we use the word sugar daddy, that is typically a man who is exchanging money for something. And typically that something includes sex. Know that if you enter into a traditional sugar daddy relationship, that person might expect sex from you. That person might expect kinky sex from you. That person might expect you to have sex with their other sexual partners or their friends. Is that something you'd be comfortable with? I think don't knock it till you try it, but I also have not had many experiences as many other people. So I would try to find someone that would, you know, understand where I am sexually and hopefully work with me on it rather than being aggressive about it. Well, we'd hope for that. But I think if you really insist on doing this, I think going through a website like Seeking where you put your parameters of exactly what you want will be a safer bet Mm. than meeting your friend's sugar daddy's friends. There's just something about that 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 does not seem like a good idea. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to define exactly who you want to become exactly what you want to be, exactly what you want your life to look like five years from now. And I want you to describe what you want your day-to-day life to look like when you start going back to school. And I want you to also write down who your perfect partner is. Not who's the guy who's going to pay my bills and get me out of my bad situation financially, but who is my perfect partner? What does he have? And what does he do for me besides money? And then we'll go from there. And if you really want to create this profile on Seeking, we can do that. But first, I need you to define all those things for yourself, okay? Okay. And do not meet your friend's sugar daddy's friends for anything but a free appetizer at Red Lobster. You understand me? I understand. (laughs) All right. Stay bold, stay beautiful, stay fuckable, and please let us talk before you go any further, all right? Do those exercises, write that all down, and let's go from there. Thank you so much, Pokemon. Let's talk to Corey from San Jose. Corey, what are you drinking? What are you wearing? And what can we do for you? Hey, how you doing? Um, drinking some soda. I'm wearing some uh, pants and a shirt. And my question is, I'm 37 years old, and I don't last long at all in bed. Mm-hmm. And I have been like this my whole life. All right, and that's an issue for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got mm-hmm. around it, you know, doing different things in bed, but it'd be nice to last a little longer. All right, Corey, there are so many things we could do. I want to know who you're having sex with. What kinds of humans? How often? Um, my fiance. I've been with her almost four years, and we have a kid. And I took her other two, and... um. We have sex, like, when we can because we have kids, so maybe once or twice a month. I know you know. I'm not going to say, you know, 
all the trite things. There's more to sex than just penetration. But I want to know, are you saying you want to last longer when you're actually inside of someone? Yes. Okay, so we're talking about you're inside, you, you're fucking, and it's just finishing faster than you want it to finish. Yeah, and it's been like that all my life. And I have no idea what to do. I never really seen a doctor. I thought it was normal, but uh, like two to three minutes is not good. It's actually very normal. You ever read the Journal of Sexual Medicine? No, but I should, huh? They did an amazing study where researchers actually had 500 heterosexual couples use stopwatches to measure the time between vaginal penetration and male ejaculation, all right? And they did this over four weeks of sex sessions. Guess what the overall median time was? Uh, three minutes. It was five minutes, but nearly half of those guys within that study were finishing in under two minutes. Wow. That's crazy. This is normal for the, if you get your penis inside a vagina, you're going to finish pretty quickly. Okay, so first of all, I want you to understand that there's nothing wrong with you. Thinking that there's something wrong actually makes the problem worse. Okay, you need to understand the brain-body connection here. I suspect one of the big issues here is that you're feeling that this is something you have no control over. Yes. Okay, when in reality, you do have control over it, and we can work on it together right now. Okay, number one. You need to strengthen your pelvic floor muscles. Have you ever thought about doing this? I have no idea how to do it and no. Do you know what a Kegel exercise is? Yes. You're going to train the PC muscles of your pelvic floor, and we're going to start doing that right now through a series of contraction and release exercises. I want you to take off your pants and get in front of a mirror right now. Okay. All right. All right. Do you see your beautiful penis in the mirror? Yes, I do. And there's some testicles underneath it, right? Of course. Dr. Alex knows uh, male uh, anatomy very well, as you can as you can see, she's an expert. All right, I want you to I want you to actually use those PC mu muscles to lift your testicles. Without your hands, you're gonna just lift your nuts into your guts. Do it right now. Can you do it? Can you shorten your penis? Can you make that penis shorter and lift your nuts into your guts? Yep, doing it right now. All right, do it. Now release. Yep. Now do it again. And release. So I want you to start doing that every day, 10 reps, four sets a day, all right? And then you're going to up that, all right? Mm -hmm. Now, what this is going to do, it's going to result in heightened ejaculatory control. It's going to help you last longer in bed. And you can do this practically anywhere. You don't got to be naked in front of a mirror. You can do this on a Zoom call for work, and no one's going to know you're doing it because your hands stay on the table. I want you to keep doing it while we are talking, all right? There is scientific proof that this will help make penetrative sex last longer, all right? And I've got partners that did it, and let me tell you, we've gotten to six minutes, even when they're jackrabbit fucking me, okay? That's crazy. Now, speaking of jackrabbiting, you need to limit your thrusting, all right? When you fuck, you like to fuck fast. How do you like to fuck? Uh, slow and hard. Slow and hard. Are you going all the way in? Yes. Stop doing that, all right? You can massage the tip of your penis against her clit. You can tease her. You can do all these things. Prolong her pleasure and prolong you from coming, all right? Okay. Focus on nerve endings of her vaginal entrance. Instead of seeing how deep you can get, see how shallow you can go. Okay. You can also, if you want to go deep, you go deep in there and you just press your penis against her G-spot and you make her fuck you back. You don't fucking move. You ever tried that? Of course, yes. Yes. You get too excited when she fucks you back, don't you? Of course. I mean, because I'm practically married and when we do have sex, we don't have it that much. So. Well, that's the other thing. And you need to start fucking more yeah. often. And you need to, no, how often are you jerking off? Uh, not that much because, you know, I want to have fun with her. 
So, buddy, you're gonna have more fun with her if you jerk off before you fuck. And also remember, WTF, wait to fuck. I want you to give her two orgasms with your tongue, your mouth, and your words before that dick gets anywhere near her. Can you do that? Yeah, I'll give her like 10. That's what I do before because I don't last that long. So this is just about you. You're just being selfish and you just want to fuck longer. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. See, no, I, I totally that, get it. Listen, uh, the, the nuts to guts thing is going to work. You no, it's not being selfish. Also for a woman, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's part of the fun. It's not just about coming for a woman. It's, you know, it's very fun to have the penetrative sex. Let me ask you, when you guys fuck, are you switching different positions or are you keeping the same position the whole time? Um, We keep the same position because I don't last that long. So that's my issue too. All right, well, if you switch things up, it might help. Tell me about your orgasmic process. Walk me through what that dick feels like from the second you stick it in till the moment you explode. I'm pretty hot and heavy because I'm already eating her out and it really turns me on. So when I come in, I'm already thinking about coming because I already turned on because I'm eating her out. So when I, you know, feel the nice warmness, you know, and it's grabbing me, I'm like, oh, God. So... It's amazing, so I think I should focus on something else so I could last a little longer because right when I put it in, I want to come. I think you also need to choose sex positions that'll help you last longer, okay? No doggy style, no flat iron, nothing where you can go super deep, all right? We want shallower penetration with more clit stimulation, all right? Okay. Thank you. Also, have you ever tried edging? What is that? Edging while masturbating? All right, so that's when you're masturbating, and when you feel yourself about to come, you stop. Hands off. You do not let yourself come. Wow. So you're not masturbating enough, and you're not fucking enough. You yeah. need to masturbate more, you need to fuck more, and you need to do your PC exercises. There is, this, uh, there is a great book that I read a long time ago that is called uh, The Tao of Love. It's, uh, it's an old Chinese book. And is uh, before the, the the you know the the, the Ming Dynasty, the Qing Dynasty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Before then, there was a the, the Chinese society was very different, and uh, sex was uh, seen as a very uh, integral part of uh, one's uh, health, and they they approached it in a very scientific, uh, however scientific was possible then uh, way. A lot of it is centered on ways to make uh, uh, the male last longer because they was obvious that men come faster than women so how can we make everybody uh, healthier and and uh, have more orgasms i think it's a great book i think the w what it says works very well uh, it does require some practice so you're gonna have to find the time to 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 try those things otherwise it's just gonna be an interesting piece of knowledge also i know that you guys are probably fluid bonded right you're having sex without condoms yeah, of course. But you could have sex with condoms. You could play the stranger game like you just met. And there's a great condom by Trojan called Pleasures Extended. It has a numbing agent inside that helps you get a little a little desensitized, but it doesn't affect her. And that'll prolong the pleasure for both of you. And you can feel a little naughty that you're doing it with a condom. You know what I mean? Get a little role play into it as well. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and there's also an app, by the way, that you might want to check out. It's actually called P for short, P-E-A, the Premature Ejaculation app. And it guides you through three-step masturbation training program, might help you. I think that, with what we talked about, you're going to be just fine, honey. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. You write to me, let me know how it goes. Stay bold, stay beautiful, stay fuckable. That is all the time we have for today, my beautiful fuckable angels. Please join us next time. Remember to RSS, rate, share, and subscribe. 
Until we meet again, my beautiful angels, remember to live your truth and stay bold, stay beautiful, stay fuckable. Dr. Alex is not a real doctor. Her degree was purchased online. The views expressed in this podcast are based solely on her personal experience and should not be taken as medical advice. Names have been changed to protect the fuckable.